DJ Simulationistas, sup, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Do it again? <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> Poor James. <laughs> Sorry, James. <laughs> Sorry, James. I'll just tell him to start listening at what are we at? Oh. Don't don't bother. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Okay, wait, time out. Before we get into this, how do you want me to Oh, should I just talk about how we just taught a course and Damien and I had this great conversation? Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. Okay. Well, welcome, everyone. Um, you're here with uh, the DJ Simulationistas, Janice Pelaganis and... Dan Raymer. What's up, Janice? What's up? All right. So, so Dan, um, uh, Damien and I just finished teaching a course, an IMS course, uh -huh. which is our instructor, simulation instructor training course. And uh, we had this really great discussion. I'm interested in, in your weigh-in and your thoughts around how do you manage a debriefing, particularly uh, our discussion was around the reactions phase and previewing. Uh -huh. And so what it was interesting because uh, Damien had presented the three phases of debriefing, um, you know, beginning, middle, and end. And so we have the reactions, understanding phase, and the summary phase. And he had was introducing the three phases of debriefing and talked about giving a preview. So saying, you know, hey, my name's Damien. I'm going to be debriefing you now. Thanks for coming. What, what we're looking to or what I'm interested in in talking about today is this. And what we're going to do is we're going to go into a conversation and then I'll be asking you to, um, I really want to hear your reactions, your emotions, and then we'll go into some of the, the, um, some of these topics, and then we'll summarize with a kind of brief takeaway at the end. That'll be about 50 minutes. So how did you feel about that simulation? Which is completely different than my style, which is I like to get to the raw emotions first, and I feel like any second that you waste immediately after the simulation or any second that you delay, you're losing some of that raw emotion where if, you know, somebody came in, you know, really upset or really angry, you lose that in that entire previewing. And so I like to get the reactions first and then I'll say, okay, well, great. My name's Janice. I'm here to debrief you blah, 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 and then go through all of that. Do you have a take on that at all? So you're not going to like this, but uh, I agree with both of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm not that, surprised. In that many of these things are um, are just based on practice and anecdote. Uh, uh, none of these things have been studied to see which is most effective and where the you know bad outcomes occur and it would be an interesting and difficult study to do 
So I don't think we know the answer, and in some respects, it's stylistic. So I think Damien's principle is a really important one, one that it's taken me a long time to learn in my educational practice, and I now try to do, which is to discuss both the the uh, content and the process. And so by by previewing the process, it is creating a lot of transparency about you and your intentions to the learner and helps build trust in theory. Is that uh, one of the things that makes people trust you is showing that you're interested in them. And when people have emotions uh, and those emotions come to the surface, there's some basic desire for those emotions to be uh, uh, received by other human beings. That's just sort of basic biology. And, uh, and so if you can show yourself to be interested in their feelings, uh, there's a great chance that they will you know, begin to trust you more than they would otherwise. So I suppose it comes down to the art of debriefing, and you sort of said this, that, that trying to figure out exactly where people are at and being a, flexible and being able to modify your approach for the situation, I think, is a real important skill as a debriefer. And so mm-hmm. if they do a scenario and it's early in, a, uh, in your interactions with them, say early in a course, and you sense that there's a lot of emotion, then going there first would seem to be appropriate. Whereas if it's uh, kind of the third or fourth uh, interaction of the day and, uh, and, you know, the case you do is not particularly emotional, then focusing on the process might be helpful in that setting. And so being flexible and being able to do either one, I think, is, um, you know, really important uh, as an advanced uh, uh, debriefer. So, I mean, so I think this speaks to ideal, you know, ideally you'll have some sort of pre-brief because in my mind you'll be covering some of the introductions and the flow and the process information in the pre-brief. I guess my question would be, even if you did that, you know, I I hear what you're saying that you should be flexible in the moment and you might know you need to go to emotions first and not talk in that in the first few seconds of a debriefing. I guess I'm thinking for those people who are trying to practice a general structure of debriefing, is it good practice to go in and still preview first because well, sometimes yeah, it does I take think... a few seconds to sense where you should go and maybe it's maybe it's just sitting there for a few seconds to get the nonverbals to figure yeah. out first where you go i don't know I, I i think you can uh you can do the process piece you know very concisely and you can say Okay, we're going to talk about the case that we're uh, that we just did, and I'm really interested in both your uh, emotional reactions to this, and there's some really interesting content here. And you you know you can you can modify your that that one sentence that you're giving uh, 
according to your sense of how the case went and where the people are at. Um, and, and so I don't think it's an either or kind of thing. I think you can do both. Mm-hmm. And I think you should have in your repertoire the impulse to talk about process over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. W- one thing I've learned about this is that you might do it in a pre-brief, but people have forgotten about that. And their right. distrust of you after having been through a case where they've maybe felt tricked or they couldn't find something and think you're behind the fact that you hid something from them. You know, there's there's a lot of distrust that that occurs during the simulation itself, and you have to build that back up. And so if you're transparent with people and tell them what you're after and how it's going to go and where you're going to go and where you're not going to go, I think that helps, uh, you know, people settle down and helps you regain some trust uh, from the learner. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know, I just have found that to be kind of a useful addition to my repertoire because it isn't in me inherently. I don't I, I don't think in the past, uh, before I really started studying debriefing, that I uh, naturally talked about process um, uh, before I talked about content. So, I mean, I'm hearing a bit, a bit of a caveat, and I like this. Well, I like the option of being more precise and shorter, maybe a one-sentence preview. Um, and it made me, it just triggered one thing that I will say uh, as I go through, you know, so, relatively close to the beginning of my debriefings, which I've adopted from Walter Epic, um, because I've noticed this phenomena of when learners, healthcare learners, and, and perhaps all learners, I mean, I only deal with healthcare learners, really, um, or educators, when they come in after simulation, they want a grade. And I feel myself do that too when I, you know, when I'm a learner in dry runs or when I'm in simulations and I go into the debriefing. I want a grade from the debriefer. I, I don't know if it's the way we've been raised in our own schooling, but we want that grade pretty immediately. And if you don't give a sense of it in the beginning, they're constantly pulling at you like, well, how did you think I did? How did you think I did? And so Walter does this nice kind of blanket neutral statement where he says, okay, great. So I was behind the mirror. I saw some things that I thought went well and some things that could be changed for next time. And I'd like to talk about those things. And I think that puts them at the stance of, okay, well, we're going to talk about some things that we did great and some things that, that we can work on, which I like. I just wonder if it's too neutral, too. You know, does it, again, is it too much talking in the beginning? I don't know. What do you think? Well, as you know, I, I love how Walter debriefs, and I've learned a lot from him. Uh, I, I do think sometimes that can be too neutral, and I think the, the trust that the learner gives you depends on you being honest. Uh, and so if you are too neutral in a case where they did really well or they did really poorly, they'll have a sense of that very quickly. And if you don't align with the reality, they'll not believe what you say after that. 
And so I think it's, I think having a rule of I need to say something that's kind of like balanced news, uh, mm -hmm. which is one of the problems in the world right now that, uh, uh, that, that everything has to be balanced. Both sides have to be represented, even if they're not equal. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's a problem. And so I try to, um, let people know fairly early on, maybe not right at the beginning, but fairly early on, uh, um, you know, I give them kind of a grade and I'll say, well, I didn't think that went very well at all, but I think there's lots of things that, uh, were close and we can work on something like that if it, if it was a really poor performance. Uh, sometimes I'll use humor uh, to do that. I'll try sometimes. to make a joke. Uh, I guess all I, the time. All the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, try to soften the blow a little bit that way. But, but I think in the end, people would rather you be honest in your criticism uh, mm -hmm. than you know, kind of, kind of fakey. The thing to yeah. really avoid is being hollow about it. Yeah. Like, oh, great and, job. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> they say, yeah, we killed the patient. What do you mean? Great job. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I think, I think avoiding that, I, I, I think anytime you give a grade, you have to tell people what you're basing it on. Yeah. So, I mean, that brings up another point that, that we see often when we're coaching um, educators to use simulation. And the two things that we typically see are them, the new educator, saying as soon as they're done with a simulation, oh, great job, as they're walking to the debriefing room. And that's very human. I'm, I'm starting to realize Everybody wants to do it. It's just this human response. And the second thing we'll see is them having a delay in entering the debriefing. And the participants, the learners, are already debriefing themselves, and they're missing that reactions right. phase. Right. So, uh, so uh, yeah. I, I think those things are, are so natural. They're so built into us. We're, we're always, you know, smoothing over and the tendency to say, uh, you know, great job. We say lots of things in our conversation that uh, are rhetorical. We don't expect an answer. Uh, you know, when you meet someone, you say, how's it going? And they say, fine. Uh, if they actually launch into how it's going, you're freaked out because <laughs> you didn't really want to hear all that. <laughs> Did I tell you how Simon, oh, I don't think you were with me when uh, Simon Patton, he, oh, I love how he says this. He's like, everybody always asks, how are you? Like thinking that it's just a nice thing to say. So what he does every day, at least once, is he'll just stop someone and be like, I'm so glad you asked so-and-so in my life just died and he just goes into this whole thing i love that <laughs> yeah I, I suppose we should say uh, uh it's nice to see you janice i i don't care at all how you are but 
<laughs> Hi. I want to move on and do what we have to do here. I just want to nod. <laughs> we don't say Here's that. my friendly it's not, nod. <laughs> it's not socially acceptable. You have to. Right. So, so, so I think at the end of a debriefing, it's just so tempting to say, nice job, great uh-huh. work, you know, just kind of. Oh, ease, at the end of the debriefing the too, yes. Pat someone on the back, you know, that, that's, that's just human nature. Uh-huh. And, I, and I've learned to, you know, to try to avoid that. And I say things like, uh, thanks for participating in that case, or thanks for working so hard. Uh, Good um, effort. You know, uh, that, that seemed like, uh, uh, you know, there's lots to talk about. Yeah. Say something <laughs> other than great job, <laughs> other than hollow brace, um, uh, especially, if it, especially if it's a mismatch with what, what happened. Yeah. So I think, um, and the other tip is, to really follow your learners. I mean, the debriefing ends when the simulation ends not, or begins when the simulation ends not, when you sit down at the table to really follow and walk with them and hear what they're saying as you get to the table. I I wonder sometimes, we usually um, do that and then uh, kind of suppress the conversation and uh, uh, don't let it happen. I sometimes wonder if it's good practice. I've seen people do this. I've done it. You've done it. Self on occasion, where you just walk in and just let them talk for a while. Yeah, I've learned and that. Sit from there you. and listen. Yeah, and I do. Yeah. I do that now from you. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that's it's great because you do let them. They talk, and you learn a whole lot of stuff. And then you can interrupt and say. So, you know, I'd like to put some structure to this or I'd like to organize our discussion. So um, uh, we'll get to all these topics that you're talking about. Really interesting. Um, So let's talk about this first and let's talk about this second. Yeah. So let me ask you a question here, um, you know, and and launch into topic one. So I'm just trying to recall because and I can't recall when I do that. The technique that I learned from you, which is to just let them talk, keep letting them talk. Then I just jump straight into the understanding phase because I've gotten enough of the reactions in my mind. Um, or I preview and, and then go into the understanding phase. Do you still do reactions even though? I try to. Um, so sometimes I'll take what they say and I'll use that to get to the topic of emotions. Okay, So. Fair. You know, so uh, so I might say something like, uh, well, this sounds like it's a really hot topic. There's lots of feelings behind this. Uh, does anybody have any, any uh, you know, emotions that they'd like to share here? How do you feel? And yeah. just kind of take what, what emotions I've detected thus far and structure them into giving them the opportunity to, to, to unload about them. It, it's difficult to do that because they're so deeply mixing the content with the emotions already uh, mm-hmm. to try to get them to separate those out can be, you know, a, a, a valiant attempt, but an unsuccessful one. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't push it too hard. Um, but I think I, you know, this thing about the reactions phase and letting people 
spout their emotions. Um, I do think it's important, but but I I feel like I have an obligation to give them the opportunity to express their emotion. I don't want to feel like I have to force them to do so or I have to push them to do so. I just have to give them the opportunity. And mm-hmm. so, you know, with that in mind, I may, you know, venture there, but I won't, I, I won't belabor it. I think this was a great conversation, Dan. I, I think, um, you know, for debriefers out there, I believe in an add in here, the message is to essentially create your own closet of different scriptings and when things, when different things happen. And as you're in the debriefing, you'll know how to, you know, which outfit to put on based on what you're getting in that moment. Since I only own one set of clothes, uh, I'm not sure <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but uh, your description was clear enough. I, I think, yeah, I think you have to have a toolkit of skills and and you have to have some you know good practice judgment about when to use each uh, tool in your toolkit. Yeah. So I think talking with other people, um, hearing how they do their debriefings helps you kind of equip your toolbox with different tools um, and allows you to decide what the best practice is in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Janice. Always nice to talk to you. This has been DJ Simulationistas. Sup? With Dan Raymer and Janice Pelaganis. Thanks so much for listening. Check back next week for another episode. See you next time.